Hello and Happy New Year. I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, a different type of football podcast. No randomly made up transfer speculation here or blokes in suits shouting, the clock is ticking, because this is the lighter side of football. Let's get it on. Despite a couple of half-decent results and Wayne Rooney starting to find the net again a bit, the pressure is still very much on Louis van Gaal at Manchester United. And just like any man in a bad situation, he's done a Mourinho and began looking for other people to blame. And those other people are the press. Last week, his very, 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 very short press conference was reported as him storming out, which the Dutchman took exception to. Understandably, this doesn't really sound like a storm out, does it? And uh, enjoy the wine and a mince pie. Oh my god. Oh my lord. And this increasingly thorny relationship was not in any way helped this week when a reporter's phone went off during his post match press conference. But when you attack like us, 70%, I, I, I think. No, it's a lot of respect. That reaction's quite chilling, isn't it? For me, it's the same kind of feeling as when your parents said, I'm not angry. I'm just very, very disappointed. The more pressing issue is, of course, what the hell is that ringtone? It sounds like the chipmunks do Christmas. Come on, you're a professional journalist, man. Anyway, despite the frosty relationship, the square-headed United manager was still being pretty ballsy when he came to sum up United's season so far. Louis, 2015, how would you assess your side and improvements under you this year? I think uh, it, it was a very good uh, year, 2015. Oh, sure. I think it's hard to find a United fan that would disagree that 2015 has been an amazing year to be a Red. What, falling out of the Champions League before the knockout stages? Losing to Middlesbrough in the League Cup? Fifth in the table at the end of the year? What a time to be alive! Actually, maybe I'm being a little bit unfair. United did, of course, have that famous quarter-final loss to Arsenal way back in March. Well done, Louis. Hang on, mate. I'll get the open top bus books now. But LVG needn't worry too much about the prospect of unemployment. There seems to be somewhat of a demand for recently failed high-profile foreign managers at the moment, with ex-Chelsea, ex-Special One, Silverhead, Grumpeton, Jose Mourinho being lined up for new jobs left, right and centre, the latest of which is particularly enticing. Mr Mourinho has been offered the big job at Brazilian club Ibis Sports Club, officially called the worst football club in the world. He'll have to say goodbye to his six-figure wages, though, as instead of payment in cash, he'd receive a weekly food hamper. Although, clearly the club have been enticed by the Portuguese's recent form rather than his countless trophies, as they say he will be sacked should he accidentally win the league, whilst also offering a generous bonus every time the team loses heavily. Actually, that sounds like a bit of a dream job, rewarding massive failures with bonuses. There you go, Steve McLaren. If you want to leave Newcastle, a ready-made job for you in Brazil, mate. When a film's A-list actor admits that the only reason he made a movie was to put his kids through college, you probably know it's not going to be worth the ticket price. Well, that was the confession from British actor Tim Roth, you know, Mr Orange from Reservoir Dogs. He has a role in this year's FIFA movie, and he did it for the cash. 
Cash, we can only assume that Sepp Blatter will deny ever existed in a few years, and even if he did remember that it existed, he wouldn't know what it was used for or how it came to be in his account. But FIFA the movie is a thing, and despite the potentially exciting storyline involving FBI investigations, secret meetings, shadowy dealings and characters more evil than anything George Lucas could throw up, the FIFA film actually just contains the kind of propaganda of which Joseph Goebbels would have been proud. Later, he's apparently good at finding money. Now, the film came out earlier this year, and I, like most other people, haven't seen it, because it made $600 in its opening weekend. $600. That's after costing $27 million to make. It's the kind of math that made Bebe look like good value for money. It's a staggering figure, even for an organisation who seemingly burned £50 notes to keep warm. Compare that to the new Star Wars film, which made $686 million in its opening weekend. That's over a million times more. As for FIFA the movie, I certainly don't think they're going to be making a new line of toys based on this story about an archaic and mysterious group wielding massive power across the universe, focusing in on a man hell-bent on bringing his own order to the universe and gaining the ultimate power. Hang on. I've forgotten which film it is I'm talking about now. All the same, I'd be a little bit put out if I was Sepp. Why didn't he get to play the man himself? He needs a bob or two, and he's gonna need a new job soon as well. If Tim Roth is muscling in on FIFA, maybe Sepp can get a job in one of Roth's films instead. I am a man of principles. You lost your f- mind. Never take money you have not earned. You're making a terrible mistake I'm not going to let you make. I'm not ashamed. Even suspended, I am the president. Let's just put our guns down and let's settle this with a f***ing conversation. Now that's a FIFA press conference I would enjoy watching. It's never plain sailing at Premier League clubs, is it? Even when you're a few points off the top, it seems like the world is going to collapse around you if you glance at the back of any newspaper. Let's take Manchester City, for example. They're amongst that very small select group of clubs trying not to completely balls up winning the league at the moment. And it's not looking too bad. But apparently, according to the tabloids, all is not well. Disharmony is rife in the city dressing room after Wilfred Boney exploded in rage at being left out of the starting lineup last week in favour of a not yet fully fit Sergio Aguero. Headlines like Sergio left raging at snub and Will Spitz of Fury at Pell. We're in black and white letters on the back pages, along with phrases like Walkout and Showdown Talks. Crikey, he must be absolutely furious. He must be ready to blow. Let's hear what the man himself had to say. I was not disappointed, you know. Some, how I said, I said there last time, everyone wants to play. Even you ask all the players in the bench, they want to play. Nobody wants to sit on the bench, but the coach have to choose 11 players. Whoa, come on, man. I know you're upset, but is there any need for language like that? He's like the Hulk. Don't make me angry. I have a mildly frustrated tone to my voice when I'm angry. And whilst Boney is losing his temper, can someone please keep an eye on Vincent Company? Because he might be losing his mind. And understandably too, after the city captain's injury comeback was cut short as he limped off the pitch after just a few minutes last week. 
It was a few days before anyone heard from the Ant McParlin forehead alike, until his Twitter timeline sparked into life with links to various YouTube videos. What was it going to be? Maybe one of his favourite city footballing memories? A new potential hot prospect in the world of football that he'd be keeping an eye on? Nope, it was links to stuff like this. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas pie. He put in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, What a good boy am I? Hours and hours and hours of nursery rhyme videos. His followers, rightly, started to question if company was feeling okay. And it took a few hours for Vince to get back, blaming his two-year-old son for hijacking his Twitter account and posting some of his favourite videos online. A very reasonable explanation. And also pretty impressive. Vincent Company's two-year-old son is better at using Twitter than Joey Barton. Well, that's about it for this week. Have you subscribed yet? If not, make sure you do and you'll never miss an episode of On The Left Side. Also, get to Twitter and follow us at On The Left Side because there's loads of juicy extra content there and stuff you can retweet to look really cool to your mates. I'm off to recommended untried, unknown Venezuelan centre-forward to a desperate Premier League manager with phrases like, he's got good feet for a big man because that's what the transfer window is all about. And after all, the clock is ticking because that's full time. Adios. On the left side is a Pink Your Headphones production written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. Explosion. Loud noises. Finished.